So question two, Stacy and yourself. How do you wait with the what was it? She with the oh yeah, with the she's doing this kind of like this brain training. <laughs> okay. Um how you know and the visualization, how do you not spoil it? So how do you keep that in proportion and context of it being like a beneficial treatment as opposed to escapism? Right, that's my question. Hello, this is in response to the listener who asked about um, how do you use visualization and use it as a tool, as a helpful tool, I believe I'm summarizing this correctly, and not let it turn into a form of escapism. I think that was the overall question, which is a great question. It's a really interesting one, and I've thought about it for a little bit after hearing this. Um, So I'm just going to talk through my thoughts about that, and I hope it's helpful. Um, This is Stacy, by the way, the one who talked on the podcast about doing this brain retraining program, as it's known, um, and using these techniques of visualization to help rewire and heal the brain. So yeah, just to kind of review, because it helps me like set some context talking about this. Um, Again, the reason why I and many others have started utilizing these brain retraining programs is because our brains are stuck in this stress chemistry. Um, You know, cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine is part of that. And, you know, and being in that like fight or flight state, um, you know, you're always scanning for threats. You've had some type of, you know, past stress or trauma. So there's these like reverberations of trauma that control our behavior and thoughts, right? Your brain gets into these loops in that state. So essentially you're never in the present when your, your brain's stuck in this stress chemistry. It's either stuck in the past right? It's like reliving or like thinking about the past trauma. And it doesn't even have to be consciously thinking about it. Like the body has that stored and it's sending out the stress chemistry, even if it's not even in your conscious mind. Um, Or where our brain is in the future, right? We're trying to kind of control the future and through different behaviors to avoid further trauma of whatever type. We're worrying about the future, right? So it's really like this past or future kind of state. Um, that takes us out of the present. And so it's like perpetuating, you know, like these trauma loops, as they're called, where, you know, your brain will just loop down these paths and then set off more stress chemistry. And it's this whole cycle that just repeats itself. Um, So, yeah, the idea of the, I guess, let me just talk about the word escape. Yeah, because this, this was an interesting thing to consider. You know, when you ask about how, you know, do you avoid this turning into escapism. And I thought about just the word escape itself. You know, what is an escape? And can there be, you know, what we think of as like healthy forms of escape and unhealthy ones? And I I do think, yeah, I do think there's a difference. Um, You know, so we can, if there's sort of unhealthy forms of escapism, and I know I've done this for a long time, 
prior to recovery and the work that I'm doing now, um, where we try to escape the present, whatever, you know, stress or problem might be presenting itself directly to us. And we may be already doing that by, you know, going into the past or future and that sort of, you know, stress chemistry cycle that I was just talking about, or taking ourselves out of the present moment through compulsive behaviors, right? And that can be eating, drinking, shopping, you know, compulsively looking up things online, you know, it can be anything, um, cleaning, you know, even working, you know, what we think of as like positive productive behaviors, but they're a way of escaping some kind of present moment, some kind of, you know, feeling. It's often a feeling that we don't want to feel like a reality that we don't want to acknowledge that is happening right now. And then on the other side of that, you know, I think of, so yeah, and that's just another note on that, like these sort of unhealthy escapism behaviors for me, you know, I think of them as like they're numbing kind of behaviors and they actually reinforce, again, that stress chemistry. I know I generally get into like adrenaline, right? That's kind of the primary one, I think, when I go into these compulsive behaviors to try to escape. You can get sort of a high off of adrenaline and it's kind of got this numbing effect, right? Where it can numb emotions and again, take us out of the present moment. On the other hand, we have what I would call healthy escape. Yeah, and I guess I still think of it as an escape because it, because it might be an escape from like, you know, a, a generally stressful day of, you know, of other obligations that we've had to maybe fulfill all day. Although I might even, you know, use the word, I don't know, I'm gonna have to keep thinking about this word escape. <laughs> You've got me thinking about it. I'm like, you know, what's the connotation here? Um, yeah, and I guess it could still be a healthy escape. It's like, what are we escaping from? Um, but I also think of them as like healthy practices. You know, things that we, I know, I have incorporated because they're fulfilling and healing and health affirming. You know, so these are healthy practices um, that I try to incorporate on a daily basis in some form or another. You know, some type of movement, some type of connection with other people, some form of relaxation. You know, that can take a lot of different forms. I often will just like sit back and close my eyes um, and take what's called like a brain break, just like no input, right? No sensory input. Sometimes, of course, I can hear background noise, but just like sitting with my eyes closed. Uh, being out in nature can be as simple as just like sitting by a tree. Um, or walking or something along those lines and then you know doing meditation and I'll talk more about that in a moment with these visualizations Um, you know or listening to music playing music any of those things right those things bring me back into my body and mind and back into the present so yeah that said um, let me talk about the visualizations a little bit so yeah the purpose we Again, we come to this work where we want to do these visualizations or these, you know, meditations. They are kind of a form of meditation because we've been stuck in this stress chemistry. And so we want, our goal is to bring our brain and our mind and body, right? It's this whole system back into what is called, this is like health affirming chemistry. Um, and in the brain retraining programs, it's often called dose chemistry, which stands for dopamine, oxytocin serotonin and endorphins, right? These are all what are called sort of the feel good, um, 
hormones and neurochemicals, right? These are really ones that are, are essential for health. And I've learned they're actually like the natural state of our bodies. Like this is sort of the, the natural state. And, you know, our ancestors, we think about earlier humans, you know, they would have sort of these intermittent, limited episodes of stress, you know, that would be more in the form of like running from a predator, um, you know, maybe meeting some other humans from a new tribe, but it would be a stressful kind of episode and it would end. And then there would be, you know, these, you know, relatively peaceful periods in between. And the peaceful period was, you know, kind of the default. Um, And of course, in our modern lives, you know, there's this unrelenting kind of nature to stress today and a lot of different sources of stress that our ancestors never faced. And, you know, chronic sort of stream of stress. Um, So yeah, I just bring that up to say that, like, actually, our bodies want to be at this homeostasis. That's what they're always kind of working toward, even when they get, you know, stuck into the stress chemistry loops and the trauma loops. That's just a habit that it's in. That's actually sort of an addictive state that it gets into where the body gets so used to feeling that way. It just kind of keeps wanting more of the stress chemistry, even though it feels bad. It's actually kind of addicted to it, um, which is interesting. So we're trying to get it out of that pattern, right? We're trying to get it out of this addictive state of reinforcing the stress chemistry and the trauma loops to get it back into that homeostasis of the dose chemistry and you know, back into the healthy neural pathways that are always there in our brains, but they just become underused, um, you know, that are all about love and connection and peace contentment, right? All of those things. They're, they're always there and we're working on strengthening them. So that becomes our, our natural state again that we can just rest in. So with the visualizations, the idea of it is that we go into whatever scenario and we can choose whatever we want. It can actually be real or imagined, which is pretty cool because then you have endless possibilities. And we go into whatever scenario makes us feel that chemistry, Um, They talk about it like your goal is to try to feel some like warm fuzzies during this, you know, where you have like little goosebumps um, that come up and I can feel, you know, when I do it, I often feel like these little surges of, you know, kind of warm fuzzies or sort of these pleasant sensations. And I don't always feel it while I'm doing the visualizations and they very much emphasize in these programs, it's still working even if you're not feeling it like actively during the visualizations, you know, it's still working on your brain. Um, but a lot of the time I do feel it. And so, yeah, as far as the visualizations, um, and yeah, there's different forms of them. And in a way, I guess we can think of it as kind of an escape because we're taking our mind elsewhere in the visualization. Right. Um, but as we do it, we're speaking in the present and we're utilizing our senses in a very specific way. And so our body and mind actually experiences the scenario as if it's happening right now. And that's how you help trigger this positive brain chemistry. And it's a way of kind of learning to live in the present moment, kind of moment, moment by moment as we go through the visualization. Um, and this takes, in my experience, and I think everyone else I've talked to who does this kind of work, it takes intense mental focus to like go into this visualization, to stay in it. You know, I'm kind of talking through this whole scenario. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Like I was just doing one about 
um, staying at this cozy cabin in the woods in this, you know, in the snow, you know, and I'm talking through like first I'm, I'm waking up in my cabin and I get up and I light a fire and I sit by the fire and I listen to the crackling of the fire and I watch the orange flames dancing and rising and I can smell the wood and the smoke and I feel the warmth of the fire and I might, you know, linger on that for quite a while, like really imagining and feeling those senses in my body. And then I, you know, go on to talk about, and then I'm making my morning tea and I'm sipping that and it feels so you know warm and soothing and I just feel so cozy and comfortable in my cabin and I can look out the window and see a little bit of steam on the windows from the heat that I'm creating in the cabin and I see the snow outside just covering everything and white and glittering and it looks so beautiful and I'm going through and I'm you know lingering on any of these sensory experiences the sensory input that I'm you know noticing in this visualization and yeah it takes intense mental focus to like continue on in this scenario because I find that you know sometimes other things will try to intrude especially in the morning when I'm doing them my mind will start to drift to worries I have again it's like it starts going into the past or the future right that's what it's that's what the the stress brain kind of tries to do it starts, you know, making me think about, well, what about this that you have to do today? What about that that's happening later? And I'm no longer present, right, in the visualization. So I have to, like, take myself back with, again, intense mental focus back to the scenario and continue on. And sometimes it takes many times of redirection. And it kind of reminds me of being in what's called a flow state, you know, of creativity, where, you know, people often get into this state when they're creating, you know, whatever it might be. They're... <clears throat> They're performing artistically, right? They're playing an instrument. They're uh, creating some type of art, you know, dancing or performing athletically where you know, we cannot um, really perform these things if our minds are somewhere else, right? We have to be like really there in the present in, in these types of states. Um, and I'll also say that as pleasant as the visualizations can be, um, you know, again, you're trying to create this very pleasant chemistry in your brain, and they can often feel really good during them. They are a lot of work. It Again, it requires such intense mental focus. And even if I'm feeling really good and all the warm fuzzies during them, I'm usually relieved when they're over <laughs> because my brain has just been working really hard to, you know, continue this whole visualization and to go into all these details. So I, again, it's kind of like, any maybe mentally or physically intense task we might do. Um, for me, I think of like, you know, hikes I've been on, like intense hikes where I love it. I love the whole hike. It feels really good, but I'm also really relieved to get to the summit and also come back down and be like, you know, finished when I'm down back at the bottom of the mountain. Um, and so, yeah, also related to the purpose as far as um, not using it as a tool rather than a form of escape that we, the idea is that we use these visualizations to get our healthy brain chemistry back. Again, that's like it's natural homeostasis and that's what allows us to live full lives, right? I am, I am using this program. I'm using these practices to restore my full brain function, my full health, so I can live my fullest life possible. And I usually do my visualization, excuse me, my visualizations to start my day and I often 
sometimes if I'm not doing one where I'm imagining, you know, traveling somewhere or some fantastical sort of thing, I often just visualize the day ahead and I go through every single thing that, you know, generally I know is going to happen or some things I need to do that day. And, it, you know, they're not always like, oh, these are all pleasant things I'm going to do, but I imagine myself doing them in a calm way where I appreciate the opportunity to do these different things and I focus on like the positive things within whatever these you know obligations might be and that really helps to shift my focus Um, and then at night you know I usually do one at the end of the day they help me relax they help me prepare for sleep which of course the healing properties of sleep you know cannot be overemphasized so that's you know healing my body and then preparing me for more life the next day so again these are a tool for living a a fuller life. And I have heard of, I was kind of shocked when I first heard this, um, people in these programs, some people practicing these visualizations for up to four hours a day, which I was like, I don't even know what that looks like. Um, But I think, you know, some people who use these programs are in such extremely ill health that that's kind of like one of the only options for activity, people who are bed bound, you know, people who really can't do much at all they're starting to do these visualizations and to use their minds to help kind of heal the chemistry and to start hopefully um, get the healing process going Um, but the guideline is that you do these visualizations for an hour a day and I think it's for good reason you know it's enough to keep resetting that chemistry and to strengthen the healthy neural pathways while then allowing you to live your life right so it's like life in between um And it also makes me think of, yeah, people who like decide to go live in an ashram, right, in India because they want to meditate and they get so into it. They end up living there because the idea of like being back out in like the quote unquote real world feels too harsh. And like, if that's what some people want to do, that's great. Like if they're really enjoying life and they're getting that deeply into meditation. Um, But for me, you know, it's using it as a practical tool where it's like I use meditation and visualization as a tool to live in my best possible way in this world with the life I have, right? With the general conditions of this life. Um, so I hope all of that makes sense. Again, you've given me a lot to think about in terms of just the, uh, the word escape and uh, what we mean by that when we use that word. Um, so I'll get back to you if I come up with anything else related to that. But yeah, hopefully this is helpful in the meantime.